0: that are watching online, that was my fault. You kind of have to plug it in. I think this is a good time to give our tech team a big hand for putting up with Pastor Phil, amen, come on. Uh, Well, you know, David said I would say it, come on, church, you can do better than that. Come on, him no, we love you guys. We wouldn't be able to do it without him, so we're so grateful uh, for behind the scenes and working so hard and and making us look good. Let me tell you something, with me, that's a full-time job, Amen. Oh I knew I knew I'd get an amen out of Ed on that one. wow aren't you glad to be in the presence of the Lord? Well, glory <laughs> I'll tell you what I, I just uh, I just wasn't sure as if we should just keep just singing and I'd just preach again next week, huh? Because God is here today, yes, he is. and I believe He wants to do something great and mighty in our midst. I believe he already is. I believe he's up to something. That we're only beginning to understand, we're only beginning to see, and I can't wait to see what is coming, huh? Come on church, are you excited to see what God has in store, amen? And I believe that the, that the best is yet to come. And today, I decided that I was going to do something uh, a little bit different, and I was going to start a series, a three-part series, two weeks before Easter. How about that? Uh, you say, well, how in the world are you going to do that? Well, I'm going to preach this one this week. And I'm going to preach one next week. And the third one is going to be during Holy Week, Wednesday night communion service. And what I want to do today is I want to start early on Easter concentrating on the life of Jesus and the works of Jesus. And I want to allow him to begin to impact our lives because how many of you know, we want him to impact our neighbors' lives and our families' lives and and our coworkers' lives. And and we want this to be an Easter like no other, that people will come to Christ, people will find life change, and they will see the victory in Jesus. Amen. Come on, church. If you believe that, let's give him a praise. So today is part one of a series I'm calling Miracles Still Happen. And today we're going to concentrate on Jesus' first miracle together. And I believe that God is still in the miracle-working business. I believe that with all of my heart. And my prayer is that by the end of this sermon, if you have any doubts, if you have any wonders, that you will believe that with me. Now, I know some of you might be thinking, oh, no, what kind of church should I come to? All these miracles and all these hands in the air. Well, we're just here to worship Jesus and let him do a work in us, amen? Amen. And uh, sometimes I believe that we lack the faith that God still does miracles. When Jesus was walking this earth, he did some pretty incredible things. I mean, he raised the dead to life. He, he turned water into wine, which we'll talk about this morning. He calmed the storm. He, he healed the blind man and helped him see. He healed the crippled man and helped him to walk. And so I want you to see that Jesus has for us something great and mighty as believers, as Christ followers. And you say, well, you know what? This is my first time to church. I've never been to church before. This is my first time. If you're watching online, this is my first time. And I don't know, let me tell you, it doesn't just mean if you, if you've accepted Jesus Christ as your personal savior, this message is for you, but I've got good news for you. If you have not yet, if you are what I call pre-saved, I believe that God has it for you as well, because Jesus said that he has come for everyone, right? The Bible says Whosoever may come. For God so loved the world, you can put your name right there. For God so loved you that he gave his only son that whosoever, say, whosoever.
1: whosoever,
0: whosoever believes in him shall not perish. So if you have your Bibles, I want you to open to the book of John, chapter 14. I do have them in your notes if you want to follow along there, open your program there, and pull that out. It is the book of John, chapter 14, is our theme verse through this series says i tell you the truth anyone who has faith in me now this is jesus talking and and i want you to know that what we're going to do is we're going to look at the words of jesus in fact on easter sunday we're going to talk we're going to talk about jesus begin a series about jesus that just says I am Jesus. And we're going to spend four weeks learning more about Jesus. So so for the next uh, uh, six weeks, we're just going to look at the life of Jesus. We're going to learn from the life of Jesus. We're going to be inspired by the life of Jesus. We're going to grow in our faith through the life of Jesus. And I believe by the end of this six weeks, we'll be ready to change the world. Amen? Amen. 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 So John 14, chapter 12, verse 13. I tell you the truth, anyone who has faith in me will do what i have been doing think about that just for a moment now just remember i just said that jesus was walking this earth and he was healing people and he was he was making the blind to see and and he was calming the storm and he was making fish i was just reading the story this week about jesus saying cast your nets on the right side they weren't catching anything and all of a sudden their nets were full come on the world is full of miracles we just don't see them enough amen he says, "Whatever, whoever has faith in me will do what I have been doing. But he didn't stop there. He said, he who has faith in me will do even greater things. Say greater things. Greater Come things. on, church, say greater things. Greater Tell things. the person beside you, God said you're going to do greater things. greater things. Greater things than these. Now, what he was talking about is the things that we saw him do as he walked the earth. Because I am going to the Father. I am going to the Father And I'm going to lead my Holy Spirit to be your strength in the time of need. Now, many times, God is very, very kind to me because I take it very serious about what I'm going to preach on a Sunday morning. And sometimes I'm like, Lord, is this the right time? I know it's your message. Is this when it's supposed to be? Is this the one I'm supposed to start out with? Is this what you want me to do? And many times, because I'm just human and I'm trying to find the heart of God, God gives me a gift. And he did that this morning in my personal Bible reading, now let me explain what I mean by that. In my personal Bible reading, even on Sunday morning, I get up before I do anything else, before I look at my sermon, before I study my sermon, I get up and I read the Word of God. I read the Word. I, ha- I was reading through uh, once a year. Now I'm reading through the Bible twice a year because I just want to bathe myself in the Word of God. And this morning, in my daily reading, as God would have it, didn't plan this, this wasn't me studying for my, for my lesson, studying for my sermon, this was the scripture, it was out of Acts chapter 4, and I'm going to read it out of the Bible, so just pray for me, okay? Some of you are like, why, do you, why don't you read all your scriptures out of the Bible? Because I'm old and I can't see, that's why. I've got this up here, and it's in 16 font. Can I get an amen from everybody over 50, Amen. I used to have my notes printed out in 12, and now when I look at 12, I'm saying, I don't even know who can read that. I Daniel will come up and read it. But I want to read it out of the Bible here. It says, For truly, or, or the, the believers, this is after Jesus left, and he left the Holy Spirit. And the believers have been preaching the word of God. And they've, they've come up against some resistance. They've come up against people that are telling them they need to stop preaching. They're going to throw them in jail. They're going to kill them. You've got to stop preaching this Jesus stuff. And I want you to hear their prayer. For truly against your holy servant Jesus, whom you anointed, both Herod and Pontius Pilate, with the Gentiles and the people of Israel, gather together, your, uh, gather together to do whatever your hand and your purpose determined before to be done. Now, Lord, look at their threats and grant to your servants a place for us to hide so that we cannot be killed. That's not what it says at all. Some of you are very worried. You're like, what version is he reading? I've never read that version. No, no. Now, look at their threats, Lord, and grant to your servants a little bit of relief and let me go on vacation. Well, I'm not preaching. That's not what it says at all. Now, I did go on vacation, but it wasn't to hide from the enemy. Amen? Now, Lord... Look on their threats and grant to your servants, watch this, with that all boldness they may speak your word by stretching out your hand and healing them and having miraculous signs and wonders that they may be done through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. What were they saying? They were saying, hey, the world's coming against us, but we're coming right back. Lord, I pray that your hand would come upon us, that we would see miracles happen, that we would see your hand upon us, that we would see healings take place. Lord, we're not gonna stop preaching until we're dead, amen? And look what happens. Verse 31, and when they had prayed... The place where they were assembled together was shaken, think about this, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and they spoke the word of God with boldness, amen? How many of you know that Jesus wants us to speak the word of God with boldness? How many of you know that he will help you do that if you'll just call upon him to do it? So Jesus said, listen, you're going to do greater things than these because I am going to be with my father. And I believe that God wants to do a miracle in you. I want you to notice something here. I didn't say do a miracle for you. I believe he wants to do a miracle in you. Because Jesus did miracles, I believe for one reason, one reason alone, that the kingdom would bring glory from God and and that redemption would happen in in the lives of his followers. Amen? I believe that God wants to do a miracle in you But here's the problem, and I believe that this is probably the most easy time to even say this phrase, and it's right there in your notes, because we just went through COVID-19 a year. In fact, last Sunday, I believe, was the very first Sunday a year ago that we went fully online, and we did that for 12 weeks. Didn't enjoy it a bit. I don't enjoy preaching to an empty room, because when I say amen, there's nobody say amen back. Amen? Oh, I love that. But the problem is a lot of us as believers, here's what happens. We run on empty. We get tired. We get wore out. We get, we get, we get uh, uh, frustrated. Sometimes we get angry. And I think perhaps over the last year we've had more of that than ever in our lifetime. I believe that over the last year we, our, our, our faith has been tested and so I want to start this morning by looking at the very first miracle that Jesus ever performed. And what's interesting is that it happened at a wedding. And that adds to the story. It's very important because, uh, you know, I don't know if you believe this or not, but if you've ever planned a wedding, if you've ever been in a wedding, if you've ever officiated over a wedding, you know that weddings are tough, right? Weddings are a lot of work. How many of you, can I just raise your hand and say, I agree, I, I, I agree. Weddings are a lot of work. And people's expectations are very high. I get more nervous doing a wedding than anything else I do because I just stand up here. There's no amen and there's no joking. It's all got to be perfect. And you're watching and you're making sure that Phil gets everything right, huh? And you know, I preferred. I, I performed. I don't know how many weddings. Probably, uh, probably over seventy-five, a hundred weddings in the thirty years that I've been doing this. And, and some of the most beautiful weddings. Some of them have just been very, very plain and very quick. I've done them in churches. I've done them in backyards. I actually did one uh, on the beach. Uh, done a couple on the beach. And and. Actually did one on an old deserted island. Had to get in a little boat, and uh, there was no dressing up on that one because we had to... There was no docks. They had to just pull the boat up on the sand, and we jumped out into the water, waded into the, into the, to the land part, stood under a pine tree, and I married those two people, and they're still married in love. Amen? <laughs> but weddings are tense because of those high expectations. Sometimes, uh, you know, talking about weddings, sometimes we're not sure we got it right the first time. So we have to have a second wedding. Isn't that right? David and Caitlin, (laughs) Daniel and Caitlin, last week, last summer, because of COVID, we had one for Daniel and Caitlin, just for the, just for the uh, family, because no one else was allowed to be here. Literally this stage was, was the wedding party. It was just right here. And then we had another one and that one was a party. And we brought in all the groomsmen and all the bridesmaids. And that's kind of the picture of what I want you to see in this scripture this morning. It was a party. It was a picture of life. There were high expectations. And here's what I know. Many people's hopes have been dashed. Many of our hopes have been maybe deferred. Many of us have become very heartsick in life. And Jesus' first miracle takes place when people's expectations were high and their hopes were dashed. But he came in and he'd made something happen out of nothing. And I want to talk about it this morning. So if you have your Bibles, go to John chapter 2, verse 1 through 3. And it says, On the third day, a wedding took place at Cana in Galilee. Jesus' mother was there, and Jesus and his disciples had also been invited to the wedding. And when the wine was gone, Jesus' mother said to him, They have no more wine. Now that might not seem like a social disaster to you, but let me just give you the cultural ramifications here, the cultural implications. In a Jewish wedding, it was not about the ceremony. In our wedding, it's all the ceremony, all the pomp and circumstance, and then we'll have a meal afterwards, right? And we'll, we'll celebrate a little bit, and then off they go. But this was a feast. It lasted more than just a day. I mean, it, was, it, it ran for a while. It was a party, and, and you know, there had to be that, that wine, and now they've run out of the wine, and it would be like having a wedding reception Without any food. Now, some of you have been to a wedding reception where you thought maybe there was never gonna be any food. And about 10, 10 hours later, finally it showed up, and you're like, oh, I've been to Burger King three times just waiting on the food, amen? But we don't wanna have a wedding reception without food, it would be a total disaster. And so here they are. I want you to get the picture. Their their expectations have been dashed. It looks like this party is going to end. And this story gives us a picture of something much deeper than maybe you realize when you've ever read this before. In fact, there's a Jewish saying that without wine, there is no joy. So somewhere in your notes, I want you to write down the word in three big letters, J-O-Y, joy. And in this story, wine is the symbol of joy. And now it's gone. Have you ever been in a place where you've lost your joy? Have you ever been in a place where it's like, I know I had it, but it's gone. I'm hurting this morning. Now it's gone. And Jesus' first miracle deals, I believe, with the emptiness of life. And how our expectations and how our hopes and our dreams may be dashed. And how we may be riddled with disappointment and discouragement. It's not something external. It's something internal. That's why I said at the outset, Jesus wants to do something not just for you. But today, Jesus wants to do something in you. And some of you may have noticed, maybe you didn't, that we did two songs and I came right into my sermon. That's because of the third song. I'm going to give you an opportunity as the pastors will come to bring your burdens, your cares, your bitterness, your discouragement, whatever it might be, and ask Jesus to do a work in you. Because Jesus' first miracle touches the real disease. Someone in your notes, would you just write down the word disease? And I want you to put a line between the S and the E. Basically, that word can be separated into dis-ease. Because without Jesus, without hope, we are all living in a dis-ease. We need that sickness healed. And this this, uh, message is dedicated to those whose life might be less than expected, whose year might be less than expected, whose week might be less than expected. So many today are running on empty. The joy is gone. The wine is gone. We might be successful on the outside, but we're miserable on the inside. We're depressed. We're lonely. We're hurting. We're angry. We're empty. Maybe we're dealing with disappointment. Maybe we're dealing with, with some physical issues that, that seem beyond us and beyond hope. Maybe we're dealing with situations in our finances or with our families that we go, you know, I'm never going to get through this. I'm never going. There's no hope in this. And I'm here to tell you that in those situations it's almost impossible to have faith for a miracle because we're running on empty. When we're running on empty, we tend to respond in one of these following ways. If you're taking notes, write this down. When we're running on empty, we tend to focus on feelings instead of faith. Feelings instead of faith. We tend to focus on the natural problem and not the spiritual solution. Look what happened in verse 3 in our story it says when the wine was gone so here's a happy couple they're newly married they're having a party but there's great despair because of something really seemingly superficial and how many times do we go through a difficult situation and we lose perspective and the earthly facts take over and we think uh, we think our world is falling apart we think that god is nowhere that's how Job felt in, verse, in chapter 30 when he said, I call to you, O God, but you never answer. When I pray, you pay no attention. So we try to figure out what's going on. And we come to the wrong conclusions. We become convinced that God is not interested in me. It seems like the ceiling just... Is, is a hard surface that bounces our prayers right back at us. It seems like God is deaf or maybe even dead. We forget that God works in mysterious ways. I'm here to tell you that God works in mysterious ways his wonders to perform, amen? Yep. The second thing we tend to do when we're running on empty is we make matters, we take matters into our own hands. Now Jesus and his mother are guests at this party. But the mother feels like she needs to intervene. Mary feels like it's time to take things into my own hands. It says in verse 3, Jesus' mother said to him, Who knows why she got involved? It wasn't her wedding. It wasn't her place. She wasn't the wedding planner. She could have just sat back and say, "Well, I guess uh, you know they should have planned better, right? I guess, uh, I guess, boy, well, this makes my wedding look a lot better, right? Uh, I guess my, I'm, I don't have those problems." But but she decided that she would get involved and kind of take things into her own hands. And sometimes I'm here to tell you that we get impatient and we try to play God and we try to take things into our hand, own hands and we begin coming up with our own solutions. How many of you have ever done that in life, huh? He said, I know, I've got this all figured out, right?
1: Yeah. And a
0: lot of times we get out of the grace zone and that makes matters worse. Isaiah thirty fifteen says, in repentance and rest is your salvation. In quietness and trust is your strength, but you would have none of it. God wants us to stay steady and patient and quiet. Instead, we tend to take over. Here's another tendency we have when we're dealing with disappointment or running on empty. Here's what we do. We exaggerate the negative, don't we? We look at the negative and we go, oh, everything's falling apart. Nothing will ever happen. Mary didn't come to Jesus with a hope of expectation. She could have said, hey, here's a chance to do something great. Instead, she focused on the problem. There's no more wine. It's a mess. Could you please fix it? Gloom, despair, and agony on me. Deep, dark. Oh, you finished that for me, didn't you, huh? We're not going to sing that one this morning. No, that is not a part of the worship set. What happens? We start to follow into a deep, dark depression. Anxiety takes over. We think about the negative. We think about what's wrong, not what's right. And when we go through difficult times, we feel like it's the end of the world. Listen to the words of King David. Look at how dramatic he is here in Psalm 116. The cords of death entangled me. The anguish of the grave came upon me. And I was overcome by trouble and sorrow. Jeremiah was having a bad day when he said, Why was I born? Was it only to have trouble and sorrow to the end of life and disgrace? Listen. We have got to be careful not to exaggerate the negative. I'm not saying that it's not there. But we've got to turn that around to a positive. And many times we spend our prayers telling God about our problems. And I'm here to tell you, you need to tell your problem about your great big God. And this morning, that's what God's calling us to do. So how do we get our joy back? How do we get our water back? Turned into wine. We've all faced problems like this. And what would it take to get a miracle from God? That's really what I want us to ask ourselves this morning. How do we turn water into wine? How How do we get our joy back? If we're running on empty, how do we get full again? Would you just bow your heads? I want to say a prayer over this room. Lord, you know who's here today. You know what they're facing. You know the struggles that they have in life. And I pray that for the next few moments, we would just get honest with ourselves and honest with you. And we would just say, Lord, do a work in me. We believe, Lord, miracles still happen. We believe you want to do something great and mighty in our lives. Lord, whatever struggle, hurt, habit, hang up, whatever discouragement, Whatever uh, uh, issue that's causing us to pr- even dive into depression, Lord, I pray that right now we would allow you to turn that upside down and bring us to a place of joy before this service is over. I ask this in boldness in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, I was ready to quit ministry, I was done. I was hurt, I was struggling. I didn't know what to do. The people that had hurt me were the people I loved the dearest. The people that had hurt me were people that were part of my leadership in my church. The people that had hurt me were people that I had prayed with weekly. And I was done. I was finished. And I told the Lord, that's it. I, I, and I wasn't done with ministry, I wasn't done with pastoring, but I was done with that place to the point where I actually went to another church and preached and interviewed to go there in a whole other state to become pastor. And through all of that, God was telling me, Phil, is this really what you want? And I said, yes, yes, Lord, that's exactly what I want. I want to move. I don't want to deal with this anymore. It's too much. I'll explain a little bit more in a moment. But if I seem like I can't remember too many details. There's a reason why. Let me tell you. But the biggest detail I do remember is one day when I was praying, the Lord said, Phil, did I call you to this place? And I said, yes, you did. He said, Phil, have I called you to go somewhere else yet? And I said, no, you haven't. And he just whispered, not in an audible voice, but he whispered in my heart, then why are we having this conversation? Talk about a wake-up call. That was on a Sunday morning. I've shared some part of this story with you before. I turned around. I went back. I preached. I don't know what I preached on. I know that God came upon me. I know that at the end of the service, the altar was lined, and God began to bless us, and over the next two and a half years of my ministry there, God blessed us more than the four and a half years that I'd already been there. But the reason I share this story is because through that process, God began to work in me. He didn't answer my prayers like I've asked Him to, but He answered the prayers like He needed me to. And in that moment, in that moment where I said yes, I can honestly say that I experienced one of the most amazing healing moments in my whole entire life. And you have to understand, I've had blood clots in my lung. I've been hit in the head and almost killed. We should be dead right now. I'm telling you, my whole family should be dead right now. When we, uh, uh, when we uh, uh, went away uh, last week, uh, we got a phone call uh, from Bethany and said the heater's not working. And so we called the heater people in and they went down and they looked at it and they condemned it immediately. Because 10, or, uh, out of 10 pipes that carry the gas through it, 8 of them were completely disconnected. And CO2 was traveling through our house for we don't know how long. We literally could have gone to sleep and never woken up. That's how bad it was. So I'm going to tell you, I've experienced miracles even this week. I believe that's... How many of you know that's a miracle right now, huh? How many of you know that God said, I'm not done with Phil and Crystal yet? I'm not done with the sprigs yet? I've I, I still got a little bit more, huh? But this was maybe the most amazing miracle. There's a reason why I can't share the details. I'll talk to Crystal about it. She, she'll have to remind me of some of the things I just don't remember because in my spirit, Pastor David, God completely healed me to where I forgot about everything that happened. I, I literally could not even think about why people hurt me. I couldn't remember why. I mean, I went all of a sudden, we started plans for a new building. After that, we built a $4 million building. We, we, we grew from about 280 to over 500. In that time, God began to bless. And I can't tell you the details. I don't remember that. I remember they were bad. And I remember I don't want to go through it again. But I know that God healed me. But it took some doing on my part. I had to listen to him. I want you to get this. I had to listen to him. So here we go. If you're taking notes, the first thing you've got to do is you've got to do what Jesus says to do. You you just got to listen. I'm just going to warn you there's going to be a lot of times where it makes zero sense. People ask me all the time, Why in the world would you move from South Florida to Columbus, Ohio? <laughs> and I'll tell them because God told me to. And because I fell in love of the people at Capital City Church. And I can't imagine being anywhere else but right in the center of God's will. Amen? Amen. But it didn't make sense. There's been a lot of times when I've done things in my ministry that Crystal and I have prayed through on things and we'll tell our friends and family and say, well, you're just nuts. That's just crazy. You should not do that. But we had to do what God told us. Remember, Mary uh, Mary remembers that her son works in strange ways. You see in verse 5, his mother said to the servants, do whatever he tells you to do. Just do it. It may not make sense. In fact, let me just warn you. It probably won't make sense, but just do it. Come on, everybody. Nike doesn't have, uh, uh, doesn't have rights to that. That's God's right. Just say, just do it. Come on, say it. Just do it. Come on, tell the person beside you, just do it. You need to just do it. Well, why would she say that? Just do whatever he tells you. Because she knows, she knew it wouldn't make sense. Mary had been around Jesus long enough to know that, that this is going to be something different. So let me tell you something. When God instructs you to do something, don't analyze it. Don't uh, theologize it. I wrote it down. Now I can't say it. But I did write this down too. Just do it. Come on, say that with me. Just do it, all right? That way I'll forget I couldn't say theologize. There we go. You try to get up here and say these words in front of 200 people. See how you do. Mary had been around long enough to know that this plan was going to be different. I want you to look at what Isaiah says in Isaiah 55. This plan of mine is not what you would work out. Neither are my thoughts the same of yours. I want you to allow God to speak that into your spirit right now. I want you to take that as yours. My thoughts are not the same as your thoughts. For just as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than yours, and my thoughts than your thoughts. There's another miracle in Scripture where Jesus uh, heals the blind guy. The guy brings his sick friend and says, my, "My friend is blind. Would you heal him?" Jesus says, "Sure." You know, you think, "Well, just just hit him on the forehead, right?" No, no. He gets some mud and some spit. And rubs it in his eye. And how do you go, whoa, 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 I don't think I want it that bad, right? <laughs> Let me tell you, here's the point of all this. You'll never get a miracle if you insist on understanding it. It's not going to happen. God's not looking for us to understand him. He's looking for obedience. So how do we get our miracle number two, if you're taking notes? Focus on what God wants to do in you. Focus what God wants to do in you. In two weeks, we're going to celebrate the greatest miracle of all, and that is God sending His only begotten Son to this earth to live as a man, to be born of a virgin, to walk this earth for 33 years and then die a cruel, hard, most difficult death, disgraceful death ever. And then on the third day to rise again and win over sin, death, and the grave so that every person in this room, every person that's watching online, every person that's ever lived, every person that ever will live can have eternal life and live with him forever. So don't tell me we don't believe in miracles anymore because every one of us, if we have accepted that forgiveness, if we have accepted the blood of Christ into our life to cleanse us of our sins, that is the greatest miracle of all. The church of Jesus Christ is built upon a miracle that we don't understand, but we thank God for it. Amen. Amen. And I believe that God wants to do something in us that will blow our minds. Look at verse 6. Here's Jesus' plan. Nearby stood six stone water jars, the kind used by the Jews for ceremonial washing. Think, Remember that for a moment. Each holding from 20 to 30 gallons. So Jesus took the opportunity to solve the problem and to also teach a truth. We call that a twofer totally unrelated to the original problem, Jesus takes an opportunity to teach a truth, he took something known as an external ceremonial cleansing, something known as ritual and religion and humdrum walk of life. If I don't mess up, maybe I'll make a kind of life into a relationship, knowing that he can take those things and he shows how he wants to bring life out of dead religion. Don't tell me how much you pray. Don't tell me how loud you sing. Don't tell me how many times you go to church. Don't tell me about how spiritual you are or how many times you've read through the Bible. I encourage you to read through the Bible. I encourage you to come to church. I encourage you to pray and I encourage you to sing the song, but don't brag about that because all that is nothing without the spirit of God in our lives. So we have to know that out of the cold dead religion of the world comes life in Jesus Christ. And in this moment, God shows us That he wants to take care of our physical need. He wants to take care of our spiritual need. He wants to do a miracle. And here's what I see here he's more interested in the spiritual need and what's done in us than the external need and what's done for us. Think of it. For some of us, that's why our miracle is delayed. God is using the trouble that the devil brought to do a miracle in our life and to shape our character. Now let me go back to this story that I just shared with you. As I told you, I don't remember a lot of the details. But what I do remember very clearly is that not one time during that struggle, and it was a struggle, there was one moment where I was face down on the floor bawling uncontrollably like a baby because I just knew there was no way I was going to figure out how to get through this. And in that moment, I was saying, woo, thank you, Lord. Can this last 10 more days? No. No, no. But now, when I look back, I thank God for what He did in my character and what He did in my spiritual walk through what the enemy brought my way. See, God takes what the enemy brings to us, and he uses it to grow us closer to him. And sometimes the delay is because he knows he wants you to draw closer to him. Those of you that have been in the service know what I'm talking about, the foxhole prayer, right? You can have the most irreligious person in the whole wide world. But if they're in the foxhole and the bullets are flying, all of them, all of a sudden they're about as religious as anybody else. Dear Jesus, just save me from this and I promise you I'll follow you for the rest of my life. First Peter 1, 6. In this you greatly rejoice, though, though now for a little while you may have to had suffered grief in all kinds of trials. These have come so that your faith of greater worth than gold, which perishes even though refined by fire, may be proved genuine and may result in praise. Listen to this. May result in what? In praise and glory and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. See, I believe that God's miracles are brought to us in order to be redemptive in our lives. So here's some great advice. When you're trusting for a miracle and you feel like it's taking too long, don't pray, Lord, why are you taking so long? Say, Lord, what are you trying to teach me here? I'm all ears. Show me your way. Here's the third principle if you're taking notes. Believe in the unbelievable. Let me say it again. We serve a God of miracles. He's still in the business of miracles. And it wouldn't be called a miracle if it didn't boggle our mind, right? He turned water into wine, and then he told them, now draw some out, this is verse 8, and take it to the master of the banquet. They did so, and the master of the banquet tasted the water that had been turned into wine. He did not realize where it had come from though the servants had, uh, who had drawn the water knew where it came from. So write this down somewhere. Don't limit God to the size of your brain. <laughs> Don't try to put God in a box. Because the way God works is foolishness to man. Mark 10, 27, Jesus looked at them and said, With man this is impossible, but with God what? Say it out loud with me. All things are possible with God. And then number four, expect the best. Expect the best. The worship team is coming and we're going to give you an opportunity in a moment to call upon God for His best. I want you to look at verse 10. Everyone brings out the choice wine first, he says. This doesn't make sense. Why is this so good? Usually at a place, at a wedding like this, everyone brings out the choice wine and then the cheaper wine after the guests have had too much to drink. But you've saved the best till now. Listen, church. As we progress through this year in 2021, let us not doubt our God, but believe that the best is yet to come. Let's raise our level of hope and know that God is a great big God and he wants to do great big things in us. Amen? I love what it says in Ephesians 3.20. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us now before I ask you to stand I ask the praise team to save this song until the end of my message he's a way maker he's a miracle worker he's a promise keeper he's a light in the darkness that is who God is And if you're here today or you're watching online and this all seems a little bit foreign to you or maybe you've heard me talk about it before or Pastor David who did a wonderful job last week bringing the message explained about salvation but you've never made it personal. There's no religion there's no amount of prayers uh, uh, or songs or anything like that that's going to do anything unless it is a prayer of confession The Bible says if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So I just want all heads bowed and all eyes closed as they play today. And I just just want to say a prayer with you. You don't have to pray it exactly like I pray it, but just pray this the best way you know how. Just pray this. Lord, I want what Pastor Phil's talking about. I, I need a miracle in my life. Pastor Phil talked about Jesus coming to this earth. We celebrated at Christmas time when you sent your son, Jesus, to be born of a virgin. Lord, I just want to declare right now that I believe that. With all the faith I can muster up, Lord, I just believe that right now. And Lord, I'm just going to believe the best way I can. I'm going to believe with my heart that Jesus died on a cross and rose again and shed his blood for me, that I can be a Christian, that I can have my sins forgiven. Lord, I admit that I've messed up, that I've sinned, and I ask you to forgive me and make me a new person, a new creature. Change my life from the inside out, Lord, and make me new again. Lord, I just pray this believing the best way I know how in the name of Jesus. Amen. I just want everybody to stand. I'm going to ask the pastors to come and take their places behind the altars. And I'm going to ask you, if you have the faith to believe that God can do a miracle in you, if you just prayed that prayer, come and declare it before this body. If you're asking for Jesus for a miracle, if you're asking for something, you can come, you can kneel at this altar. You can ask one of the pastors to pray. If you're unable to kneel, you can stand or you can sit at one of these seats. Oh, I want to tell you something. Nothing would stir the heart of Jesus more than God's people responding and just saying, Lord, I need your help. I need your strength. I need your encouragement. I want my joy back. I want my joy restored. I want to have a miracle inside of me. I want to have that thing that, she, that, that Pastor Phil talked about where I forget about all that stuff and I believe in the future that you're going to do great things. So as we sing, I want you to sing. I want you to worship. And if you feel called, my heart would be, would be stirred. God's heart would be even more stirred. If this altar is full of people giving themselves over to the Lord, once and again or for the first time, Lord, I want you to do something great in my life. This is our time to pray and give it to Him. You Let's believe for a miracle.
2: You are moving in our midst. I worship you. I worship you. Sing it out. You are here. You are here. I i
0: i have long lined the altars with invite cards how many of you have a neighbor a friend a family member someone you're praying for to come to jesus and to come to church just raise your hand someone that you you would like to see here you wish they were here today here's what i want to do we're going to continue singing this and if you have someone that god is laying on your heart or if you will if you will come to the challenge to invite people to easter service I have Easter cards, invite cards all across the front on the, on the altar here. And as we continue this spirit of prayer, I want you to do this. I want you to come forward, take some invite cards, take as many, there's several in each pile, take as many as you will use to invite people and pick them up. And before you go back to your seat, just say a prayer. Lord, help so-and-so, say their name, to come to Jesus and to come to church. And let's pray. Let's start praying right now that this place will be so full Easter, we'll have to move it to the parking lot. Amen? So as we continue to sing, would you just make your way out as you as as you can and take some cards, pray over them, and believe that God is going to use them to bring people into this place. Come on, let's keep singing.
2: Because even when... Even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I don't feel it, you're working. You never stop, you never stop working You never stop, you never stop working Even when I don't see it, you're working Even when I don't feel that you're working You
1: never stop
0: christ is through a friend or a loved one or a co-worker or a family member someone they know and i pray lord that you would lay on our hearts those who are to invite to you and to invite to church and to bring to easter sunday and i pray right now as we're praying that you would prepare their hearts and help them to sense something is different something in the heavenlies help them to have yes on their lips when they're asked and invited Lord we believe this you are a miracle worker and even when we don't see it Lord we know that you're working you never stop we get tired we get wore out Lord we we get discouraged but you never do you're never surprised you're never caught off guard lord you're never overwhelmed lord you're always awake you're always there you're always at the at the helm lord we just pray that you would do something great and mighty in our lives in the lives of our church lord in the lives of our community lord in the lives of those in our neighborhood in our family oh god I pray that your redemptive power would move throughout this place would move throughout this community would move throughout the state of Ohio would move throughout the United States of America and across the world. I pray that this Easter in all the churches that are preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ, I pray this Easter would be like none other.
3: Lord, that your spirit would move in such a mighty way that the world would have to look on and say that is real. That is real. That is real.
0: Oh God, we love you today. I don't think we're done singing yet. Can we do that bridge even even when we don't see it you're moving come on let's just claim this right now church let's just claim this we believe it come on we believe in miracles amen come on sing it with us to see what God has in store. Amen. We're going to ask our ushers to come at this time and receive our tithes and offerings. If you did not come prepared to give, we understand that. Uh, This is uh, those who call Capital City Church their home. This is when we uh, choose to bless God's work. And and, uh, But if you would fill out that card that you have there in your program in the bulletin, let us know a little bit about you. Uh, We would love to Uh, give you a special gift. If you're a first time guest, go back to the back and and turn that in and we've got a gift for you. If you prayed that prayer and asked Jesus into your life today, uh, Pastor David, who's going to come in just a moment, he'll be back there at the back at the table. Let him know we have a special gift for you as well. We just like giving stuff away. Amen. 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 Uh, Don't forget uh, that that, uh, we are having a special Wednesday night during Holy Week, uh, a communion service. And uh, it's going to be a very special time, so you can be inviting your friends and family to that as well. Let's pray for the offering, Lord. Thank you for your blessing. Thank you. You're an amazing God. We thank you for your presence today. We ask, Lord, you would continue to move in a mighty way. We ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Uh, Pastor Dave, come on up here while he's coming. Uh, You might have noticed there was a bake sale out in the lobby. That's because we want to bless people. How many of you love blessing people, huh? So you get to be a part of blessing people and eat sweets as well. We want to have a golf cart uh, for our ministry. We're going to start a parking lot team and uh, some people come a little bit late. There's only so much handicap parking. And uh, also first time guests, they may come a little late and have to park far away. Uh, It might be inclement weather. And uh, we want to be able to have a a golf cart to to go back and forth and be a part of that so uh, that's what the funds are going to from that so you're literally investing on showing the love of Jesus to people who come to Capital City Church and uh, so we wanted to let you know
3: about that Uh, Pastor David has a very exciting announcement to make Thank you, Pastor Phil. Amen. Let's give God praise. Amen. What a wonderful message. What a wonderful time to be here. Greg Mowry, I'd like to have you come down, if you will. Just go ahead and play, guys. Just just keep it vamped. And uh, Greg Mowry is going to come. Many of you know we are striving to build a discipleship culture here at Cap City. And we want people to grow. And we want people to expand in their faith. And uh, Greg Mowry... Is our fifth person that has graduated from the purpose-driven life, but there, yeah, let's give him a hand, give him a hand, amen, amen. But let me tell you, the other thing that blesses me, he is our first guy that's graduated. A lot of them thought it was just for girls. That's not right, Greg. Amen. Greg, tell him just a minute. I tell you what, if you could have read some of the answers this guy gave me. It was amazing. Tell me tell just a little bit what it meant to well, you. i tell you, I had had that book
4: for a long time and never really read it. And uh, there's, uh, we have a wonderful coach on this man. i tell you, uh, one thing I learned that I'll, I'll never forget after reading that book is that we do not have to be superstars to, to do things for God, you know. To shine the love light of Christ, we don't... I I used to be so caught up in doing... I had to do big things for God. But the truth of the matter is, never accomplished anything. So, you know, the next time... Next time you know that you need to give somebody a hug, the next time you you give somebody a a warm smile, tell them that God loves them, the simplest things... The simplest things we do for the Lord are are very significant to God. I I believe that with all my heart. And I I tell you, your, your sermon on miracles today, I am a living, breathing miracle. Because God took a lying, promiscuous drunk and gave him a purpose. Our living without hangovers is glorious.
3: There's Amen. I tell you what, if you're interested, we're interested in helping you. We've got a number of other people that are going through this, but every one of them that's gone through it, it has been a marvelous growing experience. And if you want to grow in your faith, we would encourage you to do it. Thank you, Pastor. Amen. Give Pastor David a big hand. and Thank him for the great message last week. Did a wonderful job. Come on, let him know.
0: We love you. And uh, so thankful. And and, and Pastor David, it doesn't matter if you've been a Christian for two days, two years, or 20 years or 30 years. It doesn't matter if you're interested in doing this study. It's something that we've established. It's very simple. It's not a hard thing to do. Uh, If you know how to text. Uh, you can do it. And even if you don't know how to text, we'll figure out a way for you to do it. And I know that God is blessing people. Thank you for coming. We have these cards. They'll stay here on the altar. We also have a bunch out in the lobby. Grab some invite cards. We ordered uh, 2,000 of them. So there's plenty for you to take as many as you want. They expire on Easter. So use them, give them out. Let people know. And guess what? Easter is also first Sunday. So how many of you know we're going to have food? We're going to have fun. We're going to believe that Jesus is going to do great things. Amen. God bless you. Thank you for coming. Love one another. You're dismissed.